Well, my very first guest once cut off all my hair, convinced me to dangle him out of a two-story window, and ran away with me on multiple occasions. Yep. He is the best dancer at any wedding, an avid Cheez-It lover turned vegan, and an all-around groovy and awesome human. By uh, trade, he is a talented filmmaker, skillful video editor, and founder of the media platform It's Easy Being Green, which is bringing everyday eco-friendly stories to everyday people. Welcome to the show, my brother, Ryan Schuler. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, that was such a lovely introduction. Thank you. I, I don't know if I'm worthy of it, but um, yeah, oh my god, you're so it. worthy, bro. You're so worthy of all you desire and all the yeah. intros. I wanted Aww. to put an emphasis on, and I didn't even nearly encapsulate, 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 encapsulate. Yeah, yeah. that one. Like, sure. <laughs> what an awesome human you are. No. Oh. Thank you. You're you're an awesome human too, and you're my longest friend. Oh wait, shoot! Oh, uh, you're you, my longest friend. Uh, you are. You you okay? So, but also, you are the only one that understood me at first, and, and I'm and I don't say that in a very in a melodramatic way. I actually mean because when I was when we were both very young, when I was between zero to three or four, I just spoke gibberish. All my words are slurred together. So you were the only one that could interpret what I was saying. Not even mom. You know, I would say something uh, completely different. You would say, he wants to watch a movie or something. Like, I would say, I want to watch home video. And what you translated to is that I want to watch a home video. You know, so you actually were the only one that could understand me and help, you know, uh, translate things to other people. I would love to um, just briefly go over our identifiers and our pronouns. So I'll go first. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I am a white cisgendered queer woman and mm. my pronouns are she, her, hers. There it is. Your turn. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I am a white heterosexual male with the pronouns he, him. There you go. Yeah. Oh, and before we get into um, your mess, I can't wait. Um, mm -hmm. I have to mention that this episode will be coming out on one little baby Junie's sister's birthday. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Oh, that's great. That this, little squirt. This little I miss her so much. That little squirt. She, I miss her so much. Yes. So our baby sister, her name is Mira Jane. She. And by baby, we mean she's turning twenty-one. But. Twenty-one. What? is happening uh i think we should quickly sing her a little happy birthday song would you join me in this that sounds great let's okay do that. let's yes. hit it okay. happy, birthday happy birthday to you, to you. Happy, birthday happy birthday to you happy birthday dear mira sometimes we call her june uh, happy, happy birthday, birthday to, to you, you. I feel like we always go up at the end. Mira, we love you. We promise. <laughs> that song doesn't show it, but we do. She also will find us hysterical. I already know. Ryan, so. what's your favorite thing about Mira? Uh, one favorite thing. Um, one of your favorite things. I love how adventurous she is. Oh. I love how I love how relentlessly adventurous she is. Um, and I, on top of that, I love that she can. She's so self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. Like, 
you know, she goes off to Germany right before the pandemic hits uh, and has been there since then. She got there early mm -hmm. March uh, in Germany. And yeah, of course she can handle herself all by, you know, handle herself okay in some other country while there's a unprecedented pandemic happening, you know? And not only that, Seriously. but she's thriving. Thriving, over there. yes. Thriving. Um, so she's being, she's being safe um, with everything COVID related, but also being able to um, go out and see places where she can. And she, but she's always had that in her. And that's something I told her recently was that I, I admire how much she yeah. loves adventure and traveling um, while being able to take care of herself. So that probably yeah. would be it. Also, also it's 11 11. Make a wish. Okay. Okay. Thanks, right. buddy. Wow. Yep. Um, oh my God, that's so true. And I, I was really worried about her when the pandemic hit. I was, I had really bad anxiety, like on her behalf. Mm. I was so scared of her being there, quote unquote, alone without me, you know, <laughs> um, I've always felt very yeah. protective of her and you. So that was, oh my God, I had such bad anxiety, but she really has just like been thriving, doing her thing. Oh my gosh, so proud of her. Um, mm -hmm. I will speak to one of my favorite things about her. She is, she's yeah. become a wise little nugget. Mm -hmm. She's a wise little lady. Like she, um, yeah. she recently asked me if I had thought about going to school. And I was like, I don't know. There's so much to that. I don't know. And uh, she was like, well, listen. You can't be scared of being dumb. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but she was like, she was like, you know, I don't think I'm that smart. And I was like, yeah, you are. She was like, no, no, no. I don't think I'm that smart. I just think I'm a really, really hard worker. Mm. <laughs> and she was like, I would ask questions in class and people would roll their eyes at me and make fun of me. But like, I don't care because I'm there to get my education. So mm. you just got to show up and like work really hard and like not be afraid. Oh, <sighs> Ugh, she's such a smart little nugget. It's so uh. funny when your baby sibling just schools you to death. You're like, OK. No, but she's uh, absolutely right. She's 100 percent right. Um, honestly, that's what I feel like what how it how it feels like going about life is that it's like i don't know what i'm doing but i want to mm. do it or i want to you know get ahead mm -hmm. so i don't care how i come across to people i just nah. need to so i think like i don't know just with what she just said i think that's actually much more relatable than people are at first willing to admit come yeah. to think of it yeah so. absolutely that's great. So, Mira, we love you so much. Happy birthday, babe. Aww. Happy birthday. Miss you so much. Can't wait to squeeze you again. But also, you know, have a great time in another country. For I know. She's just trying to stay over there, too. She's like, I miss you guys. I'm going to stay. Sips an espresso. I miss America so much. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> Said she's, no one ever. She, yeah, she's never coming back. Who are we kidding? We're going to have to go see her. So, switching siblings. Ryan, how how are you today, right now? Like, beyond um, just the, like, I'm good. Like, if you're good, you're good. But how are you? You know, uh, it's like I was just saying that I was up past 6 a.m. last night 
doing editing work and uh so i just like rolled out of bed multiple times and um you know i'm feeling pretty okay i just uh i thankfully have a lot of work going on right Mm. now um but something i'm trying to and you know this week in particular was very swamped between different things uh it did feel a little overwhelming but Mm. it's also kind of like trying to settle myself in to the fact that not everything is going to um, happen by certain deadlines or happen in a particular way and just kind of going Mm. with it, I guess. That's something that I've been really um, working on over the past few years is just being easier on myself when things don't exactly play out the way that I anticipate them to or getting hard myself and honestly like it still it still happens like i'll still you know get mad myself for hey you went to bed at 2 a.m and can't get up at 6 a.m who are you are you a real (laughs) like are you a true like filmmaker or whatever you know and it's it's ridiculous every time but you know it does keep still happening thankfully uh this morning it didn't quite happen to that same degree but it does still happen and um You know, I I think it's good to be honest with yourself about something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The difference between, you know, how you actually are and uh, how you present yourself, which is is something I'm super grateful for this podcast about, honestly. Oh, thanks. I mean, all of us are so hard on ourselves for being human, huh? Yes. Yeah. No. (laughs) No, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Um, It's like, how dare I be tired? How dare I mess up? You know? Um, and it's, we, I think so many of us hold ourselves to these like unrealistic standards who even made these standards that we're holding ourselves to, you know? Um, it's, it's really important to like check in with ourselves and be like, Hey, is this like really something I should be mad at myself for? Or is this like, well, it's it's also kind yeah. of like um, I think I'll get a little bit more into this mm-hmm. as we talk, mm-hmm. but um, but this is why also it's really important to learn more about yourself and to have self discoveries, and if you can, to seek therapy. Um, to Woo-hoo! yep to <laughs> um, to acquire you know self awareness skills and tools uh, because. You know, a lot of where I'm coming from today mm-hmm. is, you know, that you are very much what your upbringing was. You're very much who your nature was, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that that's an interesting thing I've been thinking about with society in general is that there's, there's this very strange combination of achieving the same sort of idea of success while maintaining your individuality or your self-expression, right? It's kind of like it's telling you to be yourself, but also be this one way, you know? Be yourself, but in this way. <laughs> but, but in this way, right, exactly. Um, and I think that's something that's helpful to keep in mind when um, trying to combat combat self-doubt. But Do you have an example of that that you can think of like be yourself but in this way is there something that you've come up against um it, well when it comes to just being in the film world in mm-hmm. general oh, I, yeah. I feel i feel like um <clears throat> you know 
and maybe this is stuff I'm making up in my head, but you know, it feels like there's a lot of like, okay, so you have to do this in order to do this. Like if you want to uh, eventually go on to work as uh, an assistant director or a director, you have to do uh, this PA job uh -huh. and then you have to keep doing that. And then you have to do, uh, you have to work your way up. You have to make connections. You have to, um, you know, even though I'm, I'm finding that I'm finding my there's my own way of getting into the film world in the way that I want to, even though it's not mm -hmm. the exact linear path that was presented to me, let's say at school or mm -hmm. uh, by fellow film peers. And um, yeah, so I guess like career is one way to think of it. But also, I think on a more personal or emotional level, just like, you know, how you present yourself at jobs or just your everyday life or just when you know things come up like anxiety or uh thoughts about the future or the past mm -hmm. and how for people like us that had traumatic experiences as kids that it, that's not always necessarily the easiest thing to overcome whereas mm -hmm. there were people that um and again maybe i'll get the, into this a little bit more but for us for example since our parents were going through a divorce and we were moving around a lot. This is something I thought about recently, which is that we moved around a lot. So we're actually used to just like a lot of change happening. But for someone that, and this isn't to um, talk, or this isn't to say that these sorts of people don't have problems either, but sure. let's say let's say that these people, there, there are people that had upbringings where they were in the same house, their entire child, childhood with the same parents, with the same, front yard, backyard, dog, whatever, um, you know, and they're not, they didn't have that as much growing up, right? Then, you know, for them, whenever something negative comes their way, then let's say that maybe they are able to ground themselves easier somehow because they have some sort of foundation from when they were, from when they were raised uh, to be able to deal with it. So then when they see someone that's struggling with something and they don't necessarily know at first how to handle it, uh, they just kind of write them off as like, oh, well, they they just are anxious people sure. or something like that. You know, yeah. Again, not to not to provide a broad generalization, but sure. Yeah. And it's I mean, we can't know exactly how things affect different people based on you know whether or not they moved around but i think that there is a lot of truth to that and it's also like there's there's the physical moving around but then it's also like what was our um emotional safety like throughout that because there are there are people that move around a lot but they feel like really safe and really um grounded throughout that process um mm -hmm. i didn't <laughs> you know i don't and right. i think what you're getting at is that you didn't either so there are like so many things that go into um, why we feel the way we do about things now. Um, mm -hmm. I, and like you said, like people who do live in the same house in the same setting, their whole lives come up against a different set of challenges. Um, right. but I yeah. absolutely agree with, with everything you said. And I mean, I definitely, yeah, I struggle with, with that feeling of, of being grounded. Um, my, my main point, my main point I wanted to get to with that is that you basically you never know where someone yes. where someone is coming from, yep. you know, and that's that's the main point. So even if they do come from a more consistent background, um, there may be another aspect of their life that they're actually struggling with that you don't at first realize. So, you know, it's just good, it's just important to keep in mind. Are you currently in therapy? I am currently in therapy. I've been okay. going for almost for almost two years now. Nice. Uh, it was March in 2019 when I first started. Yeah. Um, and it's done absolute wonders 
for me. I feel like I lucked out with the therapist that I have, and um, she's seen me. She's seen me grow a lot, even though even in our last session just this week, she said, "And you still have so much more to learn." And <laughs> I said, "And I said, yep, I do. I I really do. You know." Oh um, wow! Yeah. Is is very uh, and it's it's both are true. I've grown a lot since starting to see her, and there's still a lot that you know I have to see or that I have to learn. But we we don't get into like super specifics, but we have talked about our therapists and sort of like compared them a little bit. And it's so funny, like how everybody can have such a different experience with their therapist. Yeah, mine is, <laughs> mine, I feel, I, I, I have to talk to other people that go to therapy, but I feel like mine is just honestly more blunt than others. And definitely you know, she'll more eat, than mine. Uh, it's she funny. Def, she definitely will, you know, just tell me, yeah, at a certain point, she tells me, like, she gives me suggestions to do or not do certain things, uh, which I hear isn't always common with therapists because they're mostly there to bounce off you, to hear you, to reflect. Um, mm. And however, every time that she has told me or not to do something and then I would either do or not do that thing, it's never, it's always ended positively it's never it's never she's been smart. for she the knows worst what she's talking she's, about she, no she's been right no i swear she's been right every <laughs> single time so you know i even told her that and so you know i said well you know if it ain't broke don't fix it you know so um but yeah yeah yeah, yeah she she also she just she calls me out on things and um which and she's always she's right every time about that too mm -hmm. so that's the thing is that even though it's not <laughs> not super normal to be called out on things or to be told to do or not do things by a therapist. Uh, it's only been, it's only turned out for well, the Well, everybody's so. experience is different though. Like, yes, I mean, you and yeah. I happen to have pretty different therapists, but um, I've, I've also, I've heard of people having therapists who, who gave just like practical straight up advice. Um, so it's really, it, it is different and valid for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like whatever, I, I think the most important thing is that you feel like you can talk freely. You don't feel judged yeah. ever and you're getting something out of it. You know, yeah, that's all definitely. that really matters. Right, yeah, that's, that's really, as long as you're seeing growth in one sense or another or at least you are provided with or it's the, making you feel good relief. right like yeah, i exactly. i have to say like my first year of therapy oh my god i mean you remember i so i'll just chat about this for a second um mm -hmm. i started therapy <laughs> i made a joke in the first episode that it was like for my daddy issues but then ended up being for It'd so be much more <laughs> for so much more um, yeah but but honestly, actually, the the reason I went was because um, my anxiety was ruining my life. Um, I, like, had to, like, mm -hmm. call you to, like, come take the subway with me in New York because it was so terrifying. Um, right. I was, like, taking cabs I couldn't afford places because I just couldn't deal. Um, it was really, really getting in the way of my life. So at that point, I was like, well... I've got nothing to lose. So I went to therapy. Um, but I, I have to say that for that first year, I don't know if I even felt like I grew because like mm. every day I still got up and had an anxiety disorder. And for a long time, that was so disheartening. Like, oh my God, I still have anxiety. This isn't working and I'm paying for it and it's not even doing anything and I'm a loser. Blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but what I learned was, oh, the anxiety disorder doesn't go away. How I respond yeah. to it and how I feel about it and deal with it changes. The thing yeah. doesn't leave. Um, and and to what you were speaking to earlier, like my baggage isn't going anywhere. That's always going to be there. But how I right. uh, use that and move on from that, that is the work, I think. Yeah, definitely. That's actually, um, even though you spend some time, you know, having the anxiety in the morning um, and, you know, before you realize that it wasn't necessarily going to go away, but how you respond to it, on a, in a way, it's inspiring to hear just because, you know, I, I think that can remind people or tell people that it's not instantaneous. Mm-hmm. the uh the the work and the the fixings um and the goal isn't it, even it, to be to feel perfect it's just to right. feel good enough <laughs> yeah definitely right? yeah no totally if you had another question you can go for it. i kind of wanted to get a little bit more into uh messiness as Let's it related to get um, messy yeah yeah um so something i was thinking about you know going off of the you know our whole upbringing, where we come from and all that. So us having the backgrounds that we do, I I think that's something that was happening to me the first few years of living in the city, because I I had known that, you know, just when you're first getting started in the real world, in the real world, it's just tough anyway, um, because you're dealing, dealing with things like bills and whatnot. And so I think that you know, um, certain anxieties or things that happened in your past come up. And so I I think that's something that was happening was that I felt like because of the upbringing that we did have, um, I felt like a lot of it, it's it's just, it just wasn't fair. Um, It wasn't Mm -hmm. fair that, you know, we had that, that our parents divorced, that uh, what happened with our dad is what happened, you know? And so I felt like I, you know, even if there would be nights or even days where I would drink more heavily, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of, I was just in this big, like, fuck it mood. Mm-hmm. Because um, because it was just like, you know, I was having a hard time keeping up with bills. I have massive student loans, um, which are in a much um, more... So uh, does much, everybody? Pretty much everybody. So does, so does pretty much everybody. In that boat uh, with so, you, so, you are not alone. So if... <laughs> I was going to say, if anything, this is relatable, what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> um, but so I still have them. They're in a much better position now than they were before, even though I still have massive loans that are that I'm working incredibly hard all the time. Um, as you know, as I just yeah. said, I was working until 6 a.m. last night. But anyway, so mm-hmm. um, I was having a hard time keeping up with bills. I was working at a cafe at first. The first two years I was living in the city, uh, I was working odd jobs like that in a movie theater um yeah. a bank for like wow. a month and a half uh catering um, all non-film jobs by the way i would have the occasional <laughs> you know freebie gig or whatever but for some <laughs> reason i was just having a hard time finding my way in the into film um and so i was struggling with you know having a career crisis i was struggling with everything that was coming up from my past and um so in a way, I just felt, it kind of felt like a, I was sort of, um, it felt self-destructing in a way, mm-hmm. you know? Like I remember there was one day that I woke up and I said, I am gonna drink red wine all day just for the experience of it. 
Um, yeah, no, and that was one of my messiest days. I was working at the cafe that day, actually, and mm -hmm. I dropped a platter of lattes and uh, like food items, and it was not, not good. And, you know, it was just because at the start of the day, I just wanted to have the experience of it. And um, obviously, that wasn't for the best intention. I love you. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I love you, too. But um, I, I just, yeah, so I guess where I'm getting at with this was that, um, you know, I felt like it wasn't fair a lot of where, how I got, how my life got to that point or you know what happened in my childhood so in a way doing those things didn't feel that bad to me because it's like yeah. oh well this is what was handed to me yeah. you know and my and mind you mind you i still am incredibly privileged so you know the thing is that like i don't know it makes me a little like mad at myself now because you know i wasn't able to see that and to be able to take control but at the same time i i can't change the past i can't change what it is that happened with that so but and also <laughs> you're doing it now yeah i'm doing it now I, a lot of people go their whole would, lives without yeah. you know um and a lot of people go their whole lives <clears throat> dad um mm -hmm. you know indulging in this self-destructive behavior um because the hand they were dealt was unfair and it's a cycle and it's a cycle and it's a cycle and you're out here breaking that cycle i am and it's good to have the awareness of it i um, wonder i like, want to be able we, i i sorry i i wonder what we get out of that because i've definitely been there that place of like well it's not fucking fair and nothing's fucking changing so i'm just gonna get really drunk or i'm gonna um trigger warning well, self-harm well, you know i'm gonna I, hurt myself well, or i'm gonna you know do something that makes me yeah i i just wonder like what we get out of it, it it's like a drug honestly um because you know something that i've noticed more recently i've been um not drinking as much and trying out non-alcoholic beer which is great by the way, it's yeah, a, hey. a whole, it's a whole world, these uh, non-alcoholic beers and non-alcoholic liquors. But uh, I think something that, <laughs> well, and this is just kind of how alcohol works, which is that, you know, you use it to ge just generally forget, like it helps you forget about your problems. Sure. Uh, it makes you feel good in the moment. And even though like you may get sick from it or, you know, have a hangover, but you know, you still have it in your system, so you still want to have it once you feel okay, you know? And it feels mm -hmm. like you're justified to be able to have it because of the hand that you're dealt until you have it again. And so that's part of the cycle, you know, but you have to be able to see that. So I think that not drinking as much recently has helped me to see that. But I guess in terms of the, uh, I don't know, that's a great question though, about why it is that that makes us feel good or that we, do it i don't know if it's something like i, I wonder if it's like it validates the yeah. story we're telling ourselves right yeah, yeah. this is unfair and i tell myself the same story this is unfair things that happened to me were unfair um so i'm just gonna sit in it i don't know there's something there is something like really um yeah addictive about it I, yeah and it's like i don't know it's funny that we're both at this place right now thinking about it because it's almost like 
I guess in a way, I'm grateful that we're asking ourselves right now, like, oh, I wonder why we were doing that, you know, because I, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good, a pretty good sign, you we're know, instead of, it, it, instead of me, like, already drinking tequila right at, right now yeah. or something, you know, you know, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, it just helps. It's also kind of like, uh, I think that it just helps you to forget everything that's outside of the present moment. You know, something that was kind of that I noticed when I was drinking more, um, like even a few years ago was that like, I had this feeling, feeling of when I was buzzed or drunk that I, it was almost as if I felt very present, you know, hmm. like I mm -hmm. was like, when I was talking to someone or if I was watching a movie or something, it's like, wow, I'm like really zoned in right now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's like, <laughs> maybe, but also you're just kind of forgetting about everything else that, that's oh, around you, but, right. you know, so it's like, yeah, but, and, you know, of course, then it would tap into the, my Buddhist part of my brain, like, ah, yes, you're in the moment, you're present right now, and it's like, <laughs> no, dude, like, not, not for the right reason. Well, you know? I always, I always had to question how present I actually was, because the next morning I'd wake up and be like, what'd I say? Exactly. What, what was the exactly. movie about? You know. Yes. Which yeah. that always that always really disturbed me. That's part of the right. reason that I personally chose to stop was because I would wake up the next morning and be like, "Oh shit!" You know, like yeah. what? What did I say? Ooh, I said that. That, that was that was weird. That, you know. That, that happens every time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I bet a lot of people listening can relate to that, honestly, and. Uh, and it is it is weird because it like does feel so good in the moment. And I, I, I also have been thinking a lot about like when it comes to alcohol, other substances. You know, like I do pull into question: is it the substance that's the problem, or my attitude about it? Is it that the thing right. is actually bad, or is it just that I feel guilty? Right. Right. Um, it can be I both. It, kinda, it, it can be both. Yeah. yeah. It just depends. I think it depends on where you're coming from. Yeah. Really. You know, but you know, something I, uh, you know, there's, this is another thing about my relationship with alcohol. Uh, so I don't know if you were planning to ask about this at one point, but when I was a kid, this was more prevalent when I was a kid, but, um, Long story short, I'm on the spectrum for autism, and mm -hmm. it's not something that I'm officially diagnosed with with yet. It's just something that my mom, our mom, <laughs> my mom, our mom, uh, <laughs> our mom told us or told me when I was 18 for the first time. She, the way she said it was something like, "I had a minor case of autism," and I said, <laughs> "What?" Anyway, so um, I was told that, and then, but I didn't even really think much of it until in more recent years. Uh, because that always kind of threw me off, like minor case of autism. Like, what does that mean? But then I heard on the spectrum for autism and I was like, ah, that's, that's what it is. It's you know? a spectrum. And, um, yes. And so I, when I learned that it explains so much more of my life and all these like key moments. So that's why I know, even though I haven't officially been diagnosed yet that I have it because it explained pretty much my entire life. Mm. Um, and so Along with that, so when I was when when I was really young, I had to have a speech therapist because, like we we were talking about at the very beginning, that I was slurring my words, right <laughs> into chipmunk uh, language, into chipmunk chipmunk language language, and so what comes with that is being um, self conscious 
about the way I speak.、Mm. And this is actually why I always chose, whenever I chose an odd job, I always chose jobs where I'd have to talk to customers or I'd have to talk to people because I always wanted to challenge myself in being able to, you know, and again, that's partly. I didn't partly know that. I, that's so interesting. Yeah. So one of my first jobs was just at a cashier at Kmart、um, mm-hmm. or, you know, being a bank teller or,、uh, yeah. And you liked that、service. challenge. I liked the challenge, yeah. And it's kind of funny because, on the one hand, I think there were certain things that I wanted to work on on a communication level. But then, what I also realized in more recent years was that I actually communicate pretty well,、mm-hmm. but a lot of it is in my head. So, where <laughs> I'm going with this is that, you know, something that I've admitted is that sometimes I feel better the way that I talk when I drink. And so, this is another reason why、mm. I would slip into drinking. Is because then I'm not self conscious about、mm. the way that I speak. And also, speaking is just such an integral part of a career, is、mm-hmm. just talking to people, especially in something like film. So, that is something that would happen is that I would drink and、uh, I would think that I'm a much better speaker, even though in a lot of cases, I may be a worse speaker. <laughs> fact, I, just think, I, I just think、you、I'm a better, better speaker. But I, but, I feel, but I feel better. Right.、Um, so I feel, like, I feel like I'm a genius speaker. I don't know. I、right. mean, so yeah, I, I, that's another reason for all that, too.、But. What kind of things did you read about people who are on the spectrum that made you go, oh, that、you、makes sense? You know what、sense. was. Yeah,、um, you know what was actually one of the only things really that I started to realize was、um, I watched the Netflix show Love on the Spectrum. Loved it so、uh, much. Yeah, and、um, I'm not out here trying to say I'm them, but little <laughs> things, like little、yep. things that、yep. they would say or the little mannerisms that they would do, I identified with. And、um, I honestly understood so much of where they were coming from. Pretty much every episode,、yeah. it was like that.、Um, If you so, haven't seen Love on the Spectrum on Netflix it, yet, definitely check it out. It's so good. It's so These so people、good. are so, they're so wonderful. Who is our favorite guy? Uh, Michael, I think his <laughs> name was. Yeah. He is yeah. so good. What are your hobbies and interests? He would say.、Um, With his hands folded、so、in front of him,、yeah. just like、right. very serious, because he was very、it's... serious about finding love. Beautiful. And I think, like,、uh, oh. another thing that. So, you know, I knew my whole life that I would daydream or I would, you know,、mm. think, of, think of other things or imagine anything, I guess. But,、um, mm-hmm. and so. Growing up, I was taught, or I was, I, I was thinking that, you know, that was not a good thing because I wasn't able to focus on what wasn't right in front、yes. of me. I wasn't able to focus on school. I even w- I had to take a pill of some kind that was supposed to help make, me, help make me focus better in it. I don't think it even worked because I didn't even really notice a difference. So, you know, growing <laughs> up, I, I was thinking, like, oh, what's wrong with me for, like, Not, you know, for daydreaming or for not focusing, am I really going to make it in this world? But then, you know, learning more about autism and being on the spectrum, about how, you know, that's common for people that are on the spectrum to daydream or to be imaginative, it's like, oh, well, then that's just, that's what I am. Yeah.、Know? I mean, and there's also, I've learned recently that、um, 
<laughs> Are you familiar with the term disassociating? Uh, yes. Uh, more. I should be more. No, no. It, but... Should it should is dumb. Whatever. Who cares? Um, but yeah. it is uh, it's a trauma response, and it's basically um, it's kind of that. It's like uh. Like, I looked up once what it was, and it was like, if you say that you daydream, like, 99% of the time, and you can be pulled out of your daydreams, and then return to them later, which I was like, ooh, yeah, I do that. Um, mm. That That is a way of disassociating. Um, mm. And basically, it's it's a survival tactic it's a coping method of a and also people like mm. i just my inner critics coming in like what do you know you're not a therapist Blah. no i'm not mm. i'm not a therapist i've googled this like one time so if i'm wrong you know fucking sue me um <laughs> but yeah so um basically it's from my understanding it's a trauma response and when you're in like a really traumatic scary whatever situation it's your brain's way of being like i can't handle this I'm going to go someplace else. Um, so yeah. it also, just again, like what you're saying about like your upbringing, it, it makes a lot of sense um, that, yeah. you, that you were checking out and going someplace maybe yeah. more pleasant. Uh, well, I guess like, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great point you bring up because I think I've thought about that before and you're reminding me of it, but it's almost like I already do that. I already, you know, daydream or whatever. And so especially if some sort of anxiety is coming up or some past memories coming mm. up that I'm not comfortable with, then I would just dive even further mm -hmm. into that. Which honestly, a lot of the time when I would drink or smoke or anything, then, you know, I would, it would be an even, even a step further, you know, yep. like, uh, I, I feel like a lot of time, like I may think of some film idea or something. And so I just get lost in that. And it feels good because, you know, I'm working on something or I'm thinking about something that is, uh, related to my art, but doesn't have to do with um, my personal life. But question: Yeah, have you ever? And I've just started doing this recently. Have you ever allowed yourself to consider the fact that your daydreaming could be a part of your creative and personal process, and that it could be oh, a I, good thing? Oh, I absolutely do. Yeah, that's great. No, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, I think. The more that I've thought of it that way, the uh, the more beneficial. Well, because like you said, like I think that for a lot of us, like daydreaming has this like um, frivolous, useless connotation. Like get out of your get your get your head out of the clouds. You know, like you're supposed to be focused 100% of the time. But yeah. um, a lot of us really thrive off of daydreaming, and it's where our yeah. ideas come from. And I actually did this thing called a U map. Y-O-U-M-A-P. Um, and it's like a sort of like a personality uh, professional assessment that you can do. It's like a test. Mm. Um, okay. And part of it was like you, you're like a daydreamer. You probably are just like thinking of ideas all the time. It would be beneficial for you to like spend an hour a day letting yourself daydream. Mm. and think of ideas and write them down and i was like wow just to have it framed as like this is a useful um use a useful use of time um i hadn't thought about it like that before and i have started to think about it like that since um i really you know. like that said that because it's 
I like that it said that because it gives you the chance to write it down. To it, it mm-hmm. I feel like it makes it more tangible. Right. Like you are putting it to use. How can I um, use my natural skill if right. you want to view it as a skill to my advantage? Personal, exactly. professional, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, yeah, 100%. I feel, I feel, honestly, I feel grateful um, to be in this time period I, I say that while we're in the pandemic but <laughs> so happy uh, to be here <laughs> this is great we're thriving right now I'm no, um no well, the reason i say that is because i feel like we're finally starting to talk about mental health more about therapy more about self-awareness more mm-hmm. um which is something that i don't think past generations have had uh the benefit of mm-hmm. necessarily like um you know classic example of our dad i think that you know i mean there was a lot that he did wrong um but also when he was our age mental health wasn't looked at the way that it is now right um and so i i just feel grateful for that but me too honestly i i really do and that's why i'm really excited to have conversations like these um is just to like give people permission i guess you know uh to not just to be messy but to like own it yeah and really look at it no i appreciate and that's part of the reason why i wanted to get into you know where it was that i've been messy when i was talking about working at a cafe and whatnot because i i think um yeah i wanted to make sure i got to that because i think it's good to that's why I, i love this podcast so much because i think it's really important to to talk about those areas of your life uh because there's so much of our every day-to-day life on social media or at our Mm -hmm. jobs that's about presenting our best selves Mm -hmm. but in doing so you're not tapping into your you're not talking about um where it is that are your valid feelings even though they may be messier in essence uh than others but yeah um, well, I would love to ask you some, some kind of like fun, thought provoking questions. Would you be down I'm, for that? I'm ready. Yes. Ooh, kizzy. Um, I have a list here, so I'm just going to look at them for a second. Ooh, Great. I want to know this about you. Mm-hmm. So I asked this on the first episode. Mm-hmm. What's your human superpower? What's like something that like, you're just like really good at as a human um i think you know i i do take pride in the whole you know daydreaming and whatnot as it relates to creativity but i think something else that honestly i may be more proud of is Mm. um being empathetic um and being personable Mm -hmm. i um i've gotten that compliment before a really good listener and this is also part of the whole point of your messy friend uh which is that i feel like since there's been a lot of my life that's been messy that i do a good job at being able to listen to people and be there for people and um have them be have them feel seen or heard or maybe even help their problems so honestly i mean not to I guess not to toot my own horn too much in that area, but I do think that's something that I think that's a superpower that I possess. 
I did ask you what your superpower was, so. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. You did ask. <laughs> What's one of your greatest challenges as a friend? Hmm. One of my greatest challenges as I a friend. I didn't prep you for uh, this, sorry. No, it's no, it's, it's, no, it's okay. Um... You know, it's it's kind of like, so when I was saying, you know, I'm empathetic and personable, it's especially when I'm in person with someone, I think mm -hmm. the, you know, getting to that point of being with them sometimes, because, mm -hmm. uh, because something that I struggle with, and I don't even know if I even really care that much about this struggle, but it's that, you know, getting back to people over text, for example, mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it honestly can take me a while to e even just like respond to them or meet them in person, even though it's a lot better once we're there. Yeah, definitely. Even though like I, I sometimes will <laughs> feel bad for like not getting back to someone right away or uh, not seeing them right away or something. But it's also like, I don't know, there's just so much going on. Totally. But, uh, Texting people back. Got it. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, and then I'm going to ask one more. This is one of my favorite questions, and I, I asked myself this question <laughs> right before really coming out of the closet. So it just, I feel like there's a lot of power in this question. Um, mm -hmm. What is your most wild imaginary fantasy dream life? Ooh. Hmm. Um, it can be anything, I guess, right? It is your wild, imaginary fantasy dream life. So it can literally be anything. Again, I didn't prep you, you know, for this, but no, just want it's you to go fine. Nuts. You know, there's uh, there's something that's immediately coming to mind. Ooh. So I, I think I have yep. to say it. Um, this is actually something to that. I actually imagine this as an alternate life or reality or honestly in a way I hope this is what happens in my next life so mm -hmm. in my reincarnated life um, I imagine this life where I live near the top of a hill with a small house or cottage and there's a garden and a bird bath and every day I tend to my garden make sure it's okay and that is what I eat from that's what I take care of and I have all these woods around me and I have a beautiful view mm. near the top of a hill or mountain and that is it that is it and um it's also kind of like it's so different from <laughs> this life mm -hmm. in a way you know i live in new york city and i would not i don't want to be anywhere else right now um but it almost feels as though it would be great if in a way i can accomplish what it is that i want to accomplish in this what in le this life so in a way that's my like that if i were to have that in my next life or reincarnated life that's my heaven in a way, wow. you know, I honestly, it feels like it's another part of me in a way, just imagining yeah. that scenario. Oh my gosh, um, I bet so many people can relate to that dream. 
Yeah, no, I think so. Because I feel like it's, in a way, it's like an ideal dream, <laughs> in a way, because that's what this is, is just being in touch with na- nature, but... Um, follow-up question. Yeah. What's so wild about that? I mean, the question really is, like, why should it be so wild, I suppose? Um, I guess that's the same sort of question. Like, Um, what a humble dream. And when I asked myself that question last year, I brought it to my therapist. I was like, hey, listen to this kind of fun question. And that's what he asked me back was, what's so wild about that? And now I am sitting in my humble dream life. Mm. And this life, next life, whenever you get to it, love it for you. But also, like, life is long, dude. You know? Like, you just never know where you'll end up and like what dreams you can you can have in this life you know yeah no i I think that's definitely true i i think another thing whether this is fortunate or unfortunate i guess but um i feel like being an artist you constantly want to chase after the next project Mm -hmm. the next thing um I, know, I still have I'm I'm so young. I'm 27 years old. I have so much life right. ahead of me and I'm I'm in a way I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Um I guess part of where I'm at right now is I don't I just wonder if that will be the rest of my life in a way like I'll always want to make the next great film, the next, you know, biggest uh thing like a uh, going green platform or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um but no, at the same time, it's really, it's pretty exciting to think like, I don't know, it's great to just like not plan everything out in a way because you can exactly. have that sort of like, oh, maybe, maybe I will end up on a hill someday. That's right? kind of cool. Or right. maybe I'll end up uh, in Italy for some reason. In uh, a mansion. But, uh, in a mansion in Italy. But, you know. <laughs> wow. Thanks for sharing that dream with us. Absolutely. With us. It's. And I want to yeah. I want to extend that question to everybody who's listening today. Uh yeah. what's your wild fantasy dream life? And I phrase it that way because because I was I was in this place when I came up with that question of like, well, uh I want this, but I I should want that. So how do I how do I cram what I should want into what I do want and how do I make it work so that they're happy and and he's happy and she's happy and I just had to be like, what do you if you could have anything in the world just wild fantasy, this isn't real life, okay? So just like, you know, go nuts. Then I wrote it down and yeah, it was just this like really simple dream. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's so, yeah, everybody who's listening, um, if you can today, just take a second, ask yourself that, write it down, look at it, and then maybe maybe ask yourself, hmm, what's so wild about that? Oh, wow. Okay, well, I want to wrap this up. I want to let you get on with your day. Let's make sure to plug you. What you got going on? Because I also, yeah. I love that we didn't even talk about, like, 
your work stuff. We just got to let the people know who you are as a person, and I'm just so grateful to you for, like, coming to do that. I feel like that's a a point, because, like, you know, otherwise I feel like a lot of these calls are... This is what I'm doing. I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm working as I have my startup business and um, yeah, it's but like you know old news. But what are you doing, Ryan? Like where yes. where can the people find you? What's going on? Yeah, no, totally. Um so I'm on Instagram as ryan.schuler, but I also and on there you can see the different pages that I run and the different things S-H-U-L-E-R. that I'm doing. H U L E R no C. Thank- Thank you for saying that. Yes. Oh gosh, no one would have found me if you didn't say that. People love <laughs> if they, to put that C in there. If if they are finding me, but yeah. So no C in the last <laughs> name. But so some things I have going on right now include that I recently launched a social media and YouTube channel called It's Easy Being Green. Woohoo! You can you can find it on social media with the handle EasyGreen422, no matter which one, it's the same. 422 is, um, it's April 22nd, which is Earth Day. So if you need a oh. reminder of the, um, yeah, the numbers, that's what it is. So EasyGreen422, and it's on YouTube, and it's about people's different ways of going green. Um, it's just different things like, you know, thrifting or making handmade body butters or, um, because I think it's it's good to uh, show, I want to show people, first of all, how easy it is to do these things. And second of all, all the different ways that you can, because I feel like there's not a lot of awareness or a lot of entertainment that's based around that. So I wanted to yeah. create a platform for that. Um, so I have that going as well as I have a production company called Constantine Productions. And mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited about that because I'm teaming up with my my best friend, uh, Ari Veach. Ari! Who, uh, Yep, and uh, we're revamping Constantine, and we're actually placing a focus on having our productions be sustainable and eco-friendly, while we're going to start off uh, making commercials about eco-friendly products. Nice. um, And start off with that, and we're going to build upon that, and also have It's Easy Being Green be a part of Constantine. So, So yeah, basically the main things are It's Easy Being Green and Constantine Productions, and otherwise I work as a freelance video editor, um, which will also be under Constantine Productions, but those are yeah. the main things that I've got going on right now. So. so if you're listening and you have an eco-friendly product, um, make sure you slide into our DMs, and we're going to connect you guys, and you guys can or, probably collab. Or if there's anything eco-friendly that you do, like uh, thrifting or right. usable Right, they could be featured on Easy Being Green. Exactly. Yep. Sweet. So. Oh, my gosh. I'm so endlessly proud of you, Mira. To bring it back to her, she and I were talking about you the other day and just just how proud of you we are all the time. Um, You work so hard. You're so naturally talented. um, And on top of that, you're a really good, awesome person. And I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. You're such a great person, too, and I'm so proud of you. Um, I always know. I... I tell people all the time how proud I am of you and Jen and Mira, and um, they honestly they they get jealous, which is like yeah you know, they do. <laughs> I, they 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 kind of oh, yeah. do. They're like, wow. I'm like, you know, that's great that you have a family that's talented and beautiful and awesome. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no, totally. So it's easy being Schulers. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they, if anybody learned anything from this episode, it should be that it's not easy. Uh, but uh, it's not easy. <laughs> Not everything's easy, but uh, not everything's easy, be. and it doesn't have to be. It's just and gotta it doesn't be, have to be. It's just gotta be good enough. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, 
Brother, I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I'm so happy you came on and I want to have you back on. Absolutely. Would love to. All right. Talk to you soon. Goodbye, my messy friends. Love you. Goodbye, messy friends. (laughs) 